guys, I need your help if you'll sing with me. You are holy. You are holy. You are mighty. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You're worthy of praise. Yeah. 
us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day you've given us to come to your house and worship you. Lord, I pray for everybody as they go throughout their week and their summer that you'll shine your light into the world and for these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom. In your name, amen. y'all doing this morning? Good. Y'all having a great summer so far? Awesome. And I was here this morning, a lot of y'all got moved up to a, uh, the next Sunday school class this morning. That was pretty cool. Y'all enjoy that? Did you enjoy your new classes this morning? Yes? No? Are you awake? It's summer. You're supposed to be wide awake at like 6.30 in the morning. Right? No? Okay. <clears throat> Well, look, what I have here is what? What is it? $5 bill. That's right. This is a beautiful $5 bill. Um, I didn't take your money. This came out of my wallet, silly. All right, so this is my $5 bill, and I had it. I earned it. I worked hard for it, but you know what? I want to give this out as a gift. What do y'all think? Huh? 
well, what if I just said, here, you know, any, I can just give this out. Anybody who wants it, just, just come get it. No big deal. I'm giving it away. $5. Anybody wants it? Well, then come get it. Come get it. There you go. All right. So, that, that, was, that was a gift. Look, I handed it out there. Why didn't everybody in the building jump up and come get it? I mean, I know it was only $5, but it was five free dollars that I just gave away. Why didn't everybody take it? Well, you know, God did the same thing for us when he brought, sent his son down to save us for our sin. He gave us a free gift of eternal life. All we have to do is get up and get it and take it. Take that gift. That's all you have to do. Just like Farley did. He came up here and just got, he got it. He took that gift from me. Okay? You... And everybody in this room, all you have to do is accept that gift that God has given us of salvation. Okay? That's it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs God everything. Y'all think y'all can do that? Y'all think y'all can learn? Well, let me ask you this. What is God's gift to us? Real quick. Real quick. Somebody. Who knows? What did God, what did God do? Nobody knows? What did God do? Anybody? That's right. He sent his son. Thank you, Pastor BJ. <laughs> he sent his son. He gave the gift of sending his son to, to die on the cross to save all sins from us. Okay. All right. So let's, let's pray together. So that same gift, just like this $5, it's worth way more than $5, I guarantee you. It's worth your life. Okay? So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for sending your son for us. The free gift that you gave us. All we have to do, Lord, is take that. All we have to do is accept it from you. That It's free. Uh, Lord, let us remember that as we go. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
service. Let's just talk to him for a few moments. Lord, as I heard one of our deacons earlier today just simply open up his prayer by saying, good morning, Lord. Lord, we thank you that each day we can awaken from our sleep and you're there for us. You awaken us with a resound joy and peace, assurance. Lord, you, you place within us the gift of the Holy Spirit of God once we know your Son as our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for your word that is always ready to teach us and guide us, give us the wisdom we need, Lord, to speak to us in areas that we need to change, areas where we need to be encouraged, areas where we need to be admonished, areas in which, Lord, we just need the calm assurance of knowing you. I pray today, Lord, that you'll begin this new series within us of what it means to have fresh fruit in our lives. Not something that we do, but that you do within us. Father, I pray today that as we've already heard, that if there's someone here that has not accepted the free gift of salvation, today will be the day. For those of us that... Uh, maybe need to just walk a little closer and a near uh, and be a close distance to you. We've, we've drawn away. Lord, we'd feel your spirit drawing us back into yourself. And Father, I pray now that you continue to have charge of this service and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, many of our folks are uh, traveling. Some of our folks are uh, headed to kids' camps, these kinds of things. We're here for the promotion. How many of you promoted today? All right. Don't see any senior adult hands go up. Um, it's an amazing thing about that, isn't it? We, we've gone as far we're going to go until it's time to go, right? All right. But congratulations to you and uh, all that's been going on in your lives. I know we had a joyous family gathering this week with another graduation of a grandchild so I enjoy that because that brings my whole family together from near and far and uh, so we had a good time together um, where I want to go today is the beginning of a series of messages that I am entitling fresh fruit fresh fruit I know oftentimes my wife says I don't like to go buy the fruit at the grocery store she says it's not fresh. You and I like to travel up to just north of where we live, up into the, what is it, the LJ area. They come from near and far, why? To get fresh fruit, fresh apples. And uh, so there's just something different, isn't it, there? When you go up and get one of those apples out of LJ, it's the one that you go to Kroger and get. They just taste differently. And, you know, the ones that come from up in L.J., they just naturally break right off that tree branch. And so good, right? The others have kind of been organically made and produced, and man's had something to do with it, huh? You know what I'm saying? And so that kind of a mind 
thought is how I want you to go with me right here. Because what kind of a person does God use? Do you have to look a certain way? Sound a certain way? Uh, no, God can use all of us. And he does. Not too long ago I preached a message where everybody in the body is somebody. So God takes a bunch of nobodies and he makes us into somebody and he'll do that for everybody. Okay? But I want us to break it down even further right here. God wants us to become more like his son, the Lord Jesus. He wants us to look like him and act like him and sound like him. Well, that's something I can't do. That's something you can't do. So there is the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And only God the Holy Spirit can do what I can't do in my life. And so he is there for me to surrender my life to him and for him to begin to produce fruit in my life. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I can't really remember quite how I did this. Uh, it's been so long ago that I sent this. Oh, is that my first slide, Galatians 5, 22 and uh, 23? Uh, let's look at that scripture. And you can stand if you'd like or you can remain seated because I'm going to be back and forth. But let's stand to begin with and then we'll, we'll look later. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, you're going to see a lot over the next few weeks because this is our, our text. This is what we're coming to, back to again and again. But notice what it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and I want you to take note that it's a singular, singular verb. And I want you to take note that there it doesn't say the fruits, plural, but it says the fruit, singular and then it is singular verb the fruit is what is the fruit it is love it is joy it is peace it is long suffering it is kindness it is goodness it is faithfulness it is gentleness and it's self-control now note against such there is no law you can be seated and I want to take this a little bit further right here this morning because I want you to begin to get ready and prepare for God to cultivate in our lives that we look like that. We look like this fruit. We act like this fruit. Turn in John's Gospel in the 15th chapter with me. John and chapter 15. I don't hear your pages. I remember an old preacher years ago said, it sounds like angels' wings when you're turning your pages. But in John 15, beginning of verse 1, it says, I, Jesus is speaking. Jesus says, I am the true vine. He says, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And he says, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear, say it, more fruit. More fruit. 
And so you are already, he says, clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. He says, then you must abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot, emphasis cannot, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. It's kind of uh, startling to me when I read that. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, he says. You, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So break it down with me right there. Jesus uses the illustration of a vineyard to tell us how to allow the Holy Spirit of God to produce his fruit. In this passage, Jesus, he identifies himself as the vine. We are the branches, he says, and God is the vine dresser or he is the divine gardener, if you will. Notice, first of all, we must respond to God's pruning. Early on, he tells us that if you're going to bear this fruit, there's going to be pruning that comes. In verses 1 and 2, as a vine dresser there, that's who God is, the vine dresser, he knows the importance of pruning that vine. And so the process of uh, removing unnecessary parts, unnecessary parts, from a plant for what purpose? For the purpose to increase the fruit, for the purpose to increase the production and the purpose to increase the quality of that fruit. John 15, 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Then he states in, in, in the first part of verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. This refers to people that are not true believers. Try as hard as you might to produce this fruit yourself. You can't do it. That means that you don't have him in you producing that fruit. He takes that away. This refers to people who are not true believers. Those that have never, ever believed, truly knowing Christ is their Savior, never experienced never ever really experience the life that only Jesus can give to us. You may think you have it, but you may not have it because he tells us time and time again, not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord knows me. So we may try to replicate, we may try to produce that fruit ourselves, but we can't do it in and of ourselves. The branches that he talks about right here in, in early going he's talking about dead branches dead branches like who preacher Judas Iscariot Judas Iscariot was a dead branch he didn't lose his salvation he never had it he never had his salvation and he appeared to be he appeared to be one of them 
he appeared to be connected to the vine. In other words, let's, let's just make it real. These kinds of people go to church. These kinds of people sing church songs. These kinds of people have Christian language. They seem to be believers, but they're not. Jot right there, Matthew 7 and 20. By their fruits, you'll know them. By their fruits, you'll know them. Folks, if you are truly connected to the life-giving vine, spiritual fruit will be evident in your life. Referring to the true believers. So, not believers, true believers. Latter part of verse 2, every branch that bears fruit, then those that are true believers, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That word prunes, right there, literally means to cleanse. It means to take away. There are times in our lives when God has to cleanse. There are times in our lives as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ that he has to take away certain things. He makes the branch better. Better. Jesus is divine. He is the source of life. God is the spiritual pruner, and a good pruner always has got good, sharp tools. And so for pruning, and notice, first of all, God prunes. What do you think with? The Bible. The Word of God. He takes his Word, which is living and sharper than any and he takes that word and he, we read it we read it and then when we read it if we begin to apply it to our lives then it reveals to us certain truths about ourselves and it reveals that sin is in our life and that sin that's in our life that, uh, that keeps us from producing the fruit of the spirit right in your margin Hebrews 4, 12 for the word of God is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. So say it with me. God's word is alive. His word is alive. It's not a book like any other book, but it is God's word. It is alive. It works in our lives. And how it works in our lives is it prunes us because it reads us. It's like a mirror. We, it reads us, and when we listen to it being taught, when we listen to it being preached, then God does something in a true believer. He, he sees himself not measured up to his fellow uh, believer, but measured up to the Word and measured up to the Savior, the Lord Jesus. So let's finish this, John 12, 4. It says, the Word of God pierces even to the division of souls and spirit, joints, and marrow, and is a discerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. You ever been sitting there and the word of God's being preached and it's like, uh-oh, he read my mail. God knew that was going on in my life. I bet the preacher knew too because he just said it. No, 
No, the Word of God can do that. The Word of God can come and, and read our mail, if you will. He knows what's, what's going on. And if that pruning, listen, if that don't work, if we come and we hear and the Holy Spirit of God begins to convict us and we do nothing with it, he's not through. He brings out the loppers. You know what the difference in, in, in you know, loppers and big boys, aren't they? Now, you keep them real sharp if you want them to do some good work. You know what the loppers are? Trials, tribulations, problems, difficulties, mountains, barriers that are there in our life. No, the Christian life's not clear sailing because in our flesh, we get in our flesh. But the Spirit of God wants to, to, to make us like Jesus. But if we refuse God's word in our lives and there's needed changes, then God allows difficulties, problems, hard times. And if we don't respond to that sharp knife of his word and he brings these loppers out, and here's, here's David, for instance. David the psalmist understands the results of this kind of pruning. Listen to his word, Psalm 119.67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I keep your word. A man after God's own heart, he went astray. Difficulties came. God got his attention, but it took the loppers. You see, listen to me. God is far more concerned with our character than he is our comfort. I just don't know why these things are coming my way. I just don't know why these things are happening. God's trying to get your attention, buddy. He, he's wanting you to, to see what's going on in your life. Romans 5, 3 and 4 tells us this glory in tribulation now listen because tribulations or problems produce perseverance experience which produces character and then that character produces hope it says so we respond to God's pruning if we want God to really use us. Number two, we got to abide in Christ. He tells us that in verses three through five. He tells us you're already clean. He says you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide then in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That word abide or 
abides right there if you've looked about four times in these verses he says you must abide to bear spiritual fruit become to become the kind of people that God wants us to be to abide in him and abiding in Christ church has requirements we must be filled with the Holy Spirit if abiding in the vine produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit then the Holy Spirit must be involved in the process of duh but we don't get it we try to do it ourselves but he's given to us one who, who's closer than a brother, one who, who resides in your heart. He's just waiting to be released. He's just been waiting to be allowed to have control in your life. He's just been waiting for you to surrender yourself, abide totally and focus on Jesus so that you can become like him. with the Spirit. It's a process. It's daily. Why don't we get up early and have a quiet time? Because I'm going to die to myself for that day. And I want the Spirit of God to reveal to me in His Word and in His presence a day that will honor Him. Just abide. So abiding in Christ requires being filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember God's word, Ephesians 5, 18? Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. There's a lot of discussion, but the word feel means very simply to be controlled by. Lord, I want to be controlled by you today. I want my words, I want my actions to look like, sound like, not resemble Jesus, but for folks to see Jesus in me, an image of the risen Christ. Controlled by. The word filled is, is a really a, a great word because it is in the present tense. And what it's saying literally means to be continually, to be continually filled with the Spirit. Why? Why is why we got to be continually filled? Because there's a war going on between the flesh and the Spirit. Which one's going to win? The one you feed. So continually being filled with the Spirit so that every day Every day we must decide whether to let the Holy Spirit control our lives and our sinful nature. And if we don't, Katie, bar the door, right? We, we don't look anything or sound like anything like Jesus. We must daily surrender to the Holy Spirit's control of our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is not, listen, it is not produced by self-effort. It's not the, it, but it is rather, if it can't be produced by self-effort, it is the natural, it is the natural result of being attached, he says, to the vine and letting the Holy Spirit of God control us. It's not even, hey, just just forget this word. Trying. I'm trying, preacher. Well, quit trying and trust him. 
try all you want. You'll never do it. But trust him to bear that fruit. And so God's producing the fruit in us, through us. We obey the Holy Spirit. And if we don't, Scripture tells us in the book of Ephesians, we grieve him. Now we want the Spirit of God to be free to move in our lives and in our worship services. Amen? We don't want things focused on us, our flesh. We want to become like the living Lord, the Lord Jesus. We want everything we say, everything we do, everything we sing, everything we preach to be drawing emphasis to become more like Jesus. Now, I'm not being redundant when I say this, but yes, you've got to be filled with the Spirit, but listen to me. You've got to obey God's Word. There's a difference in reading God's Word there's a difference in hearing God's word and there's even a difference in teaching and preaching God's word if we don't obey it. We have to obey God's word. And so you got two divine guides in your life. Holy Spirit and the word of God. I've heard it referred to this way. The Holy Spirit and the word of God are your spiritual parents. that comes together and you're in obedience to the one that is uplifting the Lord Jesus and you submit totally to him he becomes your savior yes he's your Lord but every day of your life you have to remember he's your Lord and so you commit yourself to him on a daily basis and it helps us to become the person or the persons that God can really use to make a difference in this community, in our immediate families, and in our community. If I heard it once, I heard it five times in a graduation that I attended this week. We want to leave this place better than we found it. A growing church is constantly going to leave it more fruit much fruit we don't want to be stagnant we got to have let the dead wood be taken care of we got to let the spirit of God make us alive in our salvation make us alive in our sanctification and we're in the process of becoming like him and one day we'll be glorified one day we'll will be like Jesus but while we're here we're just continuing Continuing not to grieve him, but to agree with him and let him move in our hearts and lives. Now, I want to reiterate you can't do this on your own. You have to have the help of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2 13 says, For it is God who works in you, that is, through the Holy Spirit, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You want, you want to please God? There it is. Let the Holy Spirit of God work in and through you, through his word, through his spirit. Now, so we obey God's word. John 14, 26 says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
part of the Holy Spirit's ministry, you see, is, is to our minds. He, he comes and speaks to our minds. He encourages us. He encourages us and he speaks to us to, to know his will. He also speaks to us to be able to resist temptation. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, work together to help us become the people God wants us to be. He tells us how we should live. But then the Holy Spirit of God empowers us to live that way. Now, the Bible is God's inspired Word. Here's what it says. And it's profitable for doctrine. That's instruction. His Word. Now, you begin to doubt the Word of God, you're in big trouble, my friend. If you claim to know more than the author of the Word of God, you're in big trouble. It's God's Word. It's inspired. He's the author. There are no errors. No, there are no conflicts within it. I don't care how hard you may try to come and convince me otherwise. It's not. It is the Word of God. And it's profitable for doctrine. That's instructing us what is true. It says for reproof revealing what is wrong in our lives, for correction, telling us how to get right, for instruction in righteousness, that is teaching us to continue in what is right. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. 2 Timothy 3 and 17, we see the results of allowing God's Word to do these things in our life. It says that the man of God may be complete. He may be mature. He may be mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't fear the one who is in this world because greater is he who is in me than who's in this world. He's given me the tools that I need. His word and I am empowered by his spirit. And you see... We thoroughly are equipped for every good work. So I want to close this. Northside Baptist Church, people of God, children of God, are we serious? Are we serious about becoming the people God wants us to be? Are we serious about becoming the people that God can really get serious about the Bible. Yes, we need to hear it. Yes, we need to read it. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we need to apply it and live it. Let me close this way today. God pruned your life in any way today? Has he spoken to you through the word? Is there something you need to do or be? Or has he had to bring out the loppers and you're about tired of those loppers? You ready to step out of that difficulty? Quit trying and just trust him. To me, that's what invitation is. asking you to say yes God spoke to my heart I want to come to this altar 
and I want to start a new journey or I want to start a fresh journey with Jesus. Fresh fruit. I'm tired of doing it like I've always done it to no end. Believing that God has a bigger plan and certainly that God has all we need to get it done. I come and I kneel before him. If you're willing to do that, I'm going to give you a promise. You might want to write this down. If you make the choice, God will make the change. You make the choice, God will make the change. Well, I would trust Jesus as my Savior, but I got to no, you ain't got to do nothing except just come and trust him. get all that out of your life. He needs to get out of your life. Amen. Well, I've been coming to church. I ain't getting too much out of it. Whose fault is that's yours? I love the response I get from one of our deacons here when I speak to him. He says it in this way to me. He says, God's got something for me every week and I try to listen to what that is so that I can obey him. That's it in a nutshell. That's it. God's word, God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit going and joining together his word. Using this messenger, yes. But when I'm pointing right here, there's three pointing back. There's areas in my life, yes. Every day I have to awaken. Every day I have to ask him to give me the ability, the empowerment to bear fresh fruit. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you take this message, the messages that are to come, and stir us. Help us to make the right choices so that you can change us into being more like Jesus. Not to resemble him, but to be the image of the risen Christ. As much as humanly possible upon this earth, through this sanctification process, this daily process, may we be growing, growing, and producing more fruit. And Lord, you know my heart. And I'm not talking about just numbers. But I'm talking about spiritual fruit. Disciples. Followers. Mature. Believers. Because Lord, if we're being and becoming what we're supposed to be, evangelism won't be hard. It'll be a result we'll go and tell the world about Jesus. Speak, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name for decisions to honor you. In his name I pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and we sing. You begin to come.
The seed of God's word has fallen upon our hearts. What's the condition of our hearts? I pray through the weeks and months to come that God will just soften these old hearts. And the seed will take root. We'll begin to see more fruit, much fruit, for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Brother Bill's going to come and dismiss us in just a moment. But I want to remind you at 4 o'clock this afternoon, I kind of hesitate what I call it. I've called it vision meeting, leadership meeting, servant leadership meeting, get together. Uh, At four o'clock, I'll share my heart, share my vision of what I have observed over my first two months here. And then through my years of experience, uh, where I think you can go and how to get there. And uh, in light of that, we've asked that certainly our leaders ought to be here for that because if our leaders hear their shepherd and then follow their shepherd and then we lead our people and then we become who the great shepherd wants us to be but I don't want to limit it just to leaders you just want to come in here come in here there's going to be kind of divided this way I'll share my vision and BJ is going to have uh, some comments he makes after that, and some words he speaks to you, and then maybe as much as half of the meeting will be you. I'll be calling on you. You'll have your questions answered. You'll have your perceptions made clear. You'll have your discussions limited. I want to leave out of here, and then coming to the praise service at 6 o'clock, everybody one not wondering well I wonder what his agenda is I wonder what they're doing now no it's not there is no agenda except Christ's agenda it's, nobody's doing anything out of the line of the word of God and the spirit of God but I don't want you to hear it I want you to hear our hearts this afternoon I think it's going to go a long way I used to call these pastor people discussions I had them ever so often in a church that I pastored for 15 years. And, hey, communication's a great thing. Amen. And don't do it with text. I mean, man, you can read anything into a text. Well, I wonder what they meant by that. And, and then whoever corrects that thing, they say the wrong thing anyway. That person in the computer, what you text is not what you text. But you're going to hear it straight from the mouth, a heart tonight. Okay? So be here if you can at four. Stay with us at six. Curtis, where'd Curtis go?
Kurt, Curtis, there he is. Going to be good tonight, right? Does the scripture say anything about singing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs? Does it say to do it together? Yes. That's what we're going to do at 6 o'clock. All right, Brother Bill. Okay. All right.